Welcome back, kids. Great pleasure to have you. Thank you. So we all know we all know that we have to pledge allegiance to um, making the Trump tax cuts permanent. We know that <laughs> <laughs> we lay the law down, and actually, it's um, everybody I've talked to agrees. Now I don't talk to that they, many they people. That, they mentioned our piece today on Fox News this morning. Oh, good. Uh, that's good. Yeah. But I want to. I want to talk. <laughs> it's gone viral. Yeah, well, that's good. We need something. <laughs> we need something. Uh, at least we don't have, you know, Federal Reserve nominees uh, who want slavery reparations. I mean, come on. Let's, we we got to have some positive, constructive things going on here in the world. But um, here's a tough story. I want to tackle this. Um, Pence calls Trump wrong in claiming vice president could overturn the election results. He said that to a Federalist Society meeting in Florida. President Trump is wrong. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. He went on to say the Constitution gives the vice president no authority to reject or return uh, electoral votes. And he says, um, I have no right to change the outcome of our election. And Kamala Harris will have no right to overturn the election when we beat them in 20." 24, and he argues that we should be uh, looking ahead. We should be looking ahead and going beyond that. And um, President Trump countered, uh, former President Trump countered uh, by basically disagreeing. He says that that's why the Democrats and rhinos are working feverishly together to change the very law that Mike Pence and his unwitting advisors used on January 6th to say he had no choice. If there is fraud or large-scale irregularities, it would have been appropriate to send those votes back to the legislatures to figure it out. The Dems and Rhinos want to take that right away. A great opportunity lost, uh, but not forever. In the meantime, our country is going to hell. All right. Uh, I'm going to let Liz Peake start this, okay? I'm going to let Liz Peake start this. (laughs) It's a wonderful story, isn't it? Go ahead, Liz. By the way, Mark Simone asked me at dinner Thursday night. We had our dinner with John Katzman. He says, when's Liz P. coming back? When's Liz P. coming oh, back? That's I, cute. I said she- uh, you know, I, I think this uh, obviously is a statement by Mike Pence to try and divorce himself from from President Trump and from 1-6. I think anyone running in 2024, as clearly Mike Pence hopes to do, uh, will have to not be associated with the uh, protests, riots, whatever you want to call them. I don't call it an insurrection on January 6th. Uh, And, you know, I think he had to do this for his own career. I don't personally think that Mike Pence is going to be a very strong candidate uh, in 2024, but, you know, obviously the seasons change and we will see. Uh, I'm sad, really sad, Larry, uh, that President Trump can't let go of the 2020 election. I think this is a mistake for him, for his legacy, for the people who believe fervently in his policies, as I do, and who want his uh, policy regimen to go forward unblemished by this continuing running sore of the 2020 election. He needs, I wish, he would come forward and say, I believe there were irregularities. It is something that we have to put behind us uh, and fight for the future, because that is what we all should be looking at now. Steve Moore, you tried to talk him out of this, didn't you? Didn't you tell me that? You saw him 
at Mar-a-Lago at dinner, and you said that we should be talking about economics, but he wanted to talk still about the 2020 election. Steve, are you there? Sorry, I was muted. Um, First of all, a couple of quick things on this. One is uh, Liz knocked it out of the park. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this is bad for the party. It's bad for Trump. It's bad for everybody that that Trump can't seem to get past. And and look, there are clearly irregularities. I do believe if we had a conventional election in 2020, there is no doubt in my mind that Donald Trump would have been the winner. Now, that being said, I got to say, two of my favorite people in American politics, and I've been in this game a long time, are Donald Trump and Mike Pence. I love them both. And I hate, 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 Larry, that these two are feuding. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, it saddens me. Another point, uh, Mike Pence is no rhino. <laughs> I've known the guy for, you know, a long, long, long time. He's been a hero of the conservative revolution. So um, let's get past this. I mean, come on. And uh, I, I think they were a great team. You were there, Larry. I mean, don't you agree with me? That was a great team of, yes. of, uh, of Trump and, and Pence. And Pence yes. was a very, very loyal vice yeah. president. Yes, That's he was. The thing. That's the yes, thing. His, his entire brand, to, to most people, I think, who watch these things casually or with some interest, is his loyalty to Donald Trump. So this is really a sad moment, but yes. I think probably Pence had to do it. Uh, and really, I wish Donald Trump would just ignore it and let this die. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I, look, I think, Lizzie, you made a great point. It's a very, you really did, you, your opening statement was terrific. Um, I, I'm very loyal to Donald Trump and will remain so. I'm also very loyal to Mike Pence. I agree with Steve. Uh, those, t- uh, those two guys are great political figures. Mike Pence is not a rhino. There's n- you just cannot, you know, I'll tell you, let's see, sometime around 2005 or 2006, Steve, the old Human Events newspaper uh, nominated Pence to be the conservative man of the year. And oh, Human yeah. Events was a damn conservative newspaper. Yeah. And I was the guy. They asked me to write the interview. That's how I got to know Pence, actually. Yeah. And we talked yeah. uh, for hours about it, and then I wrote it up. Um, and they did, you know, to Liz's point, their achievements, their policies uh, were, you know, as good as anything we've seen. In right. 40 years, since the Reagan days. So we, we that's that's the key point. We want to go forward with the policies and make the Trump tax cuts permanent, deregulation, energy independence, you know, be competitive around the world, um, have a secure strong borders. defense. Secure borders. Secure borders. That's correct. I mean, those are the things we need to really hammer Away. Yeah. I understand why Mike said it, and I respect him for saying it. I, I think he had to. It's been festering for a while. Exactly. Um, but, but let's go back to the policies, because Biden is trying to reverse all the policies. That's and, the thing. And, Larry, I think that is what's so crushing, is that the disaster of the Biden White House revolves around a single focus of Joe Biden, which is to overturn everything Donald Trump did, whether it made sense or not open up the border, you know, go back to the Iran deal. All this stuff that isn't working, won't work, and is completely wrongheaded is only to spite Donald Trump. But what we have is a failing White House. So everything that, I mean, Donald Trump's star should be rising right now. And instead, everybody is focused on this bullying, hectoring uh, intransigence about 
the, the overturning of the 2020 election. And I just really find this a tragedy. By the way, Steve, uh, I don't know if you saw this. It came out last night. Um, Biden is removing the sanctions on Iran. Yeah. To make a deal with Iran, to make a nuclear deal, all they do is lie, cheat, and steal. That's all they'll ever do. So yeah. talk talk about you know reversing uh, Trump policies, and of course, uh, let's go oil. We were just talking about this in the yeah. stock market segment. Oil is now back to ninety one dollars a barrel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really? How did that happen? So the, uh, of all the issues that Biden is wrong on and the left is wrong on, I think their war on American energy is is, uh, you know, no very few Americans understand the logic of this. But when you have ninety dollar a barrel uh, oil, uh, we should be producing as much of it here at home as we can. I mean, just as a matter of national security and as a matter of economic security and jobs. I mean, it, I don't really understand this. Is there anybody who really believes? that we can power a $23 trillion economy with windmills. I mean, right. really, that is the most absurd concept. I mean, uh, you would grind the American economy to a halt. Now, something really important happened this week that's not getting enough attention. I mentioned a few weeks ago on your show that it might happen, and it now has. Europe has now basically classified natural gas and nuclear mm-hmm. power as green energy. Right. And they are green energy. They are. I mean, nuclear power emits no greenhouse gases, and natural gas is the reason that the countries like the United States have dramatically reduced our carbon emissions. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. That now means, Larry, that the United States government is to the left of the Europeans on climate change. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and we're the, ones, we're the ones who have untold exactly. quantities of cheap exactly. natural gas that the Democrat governors are refusing uh, to accept. Larry, I think on your show, you had a guy from the Manhattan Institute, yeah. I believe, who did a study on the need for rare earths and rare minerals to fund, to, to uh, produce, the, the need for those to actually produce the green energy that everybody wants to see, right? And it's completely impossible. There mm-hmm. is no infrastructure available for this renewable revolution, which just makes the whole thing it's all smoke and mirrors and political posturing. It doesn't have anything to do with serious policymaking, which is so offensive. I mean, they're, they're going to trash our energy industry and put on the table uh, a renewable compact, a renewable promise that does not exist and can't exist. So how lame is that? How- Mark, his name is Mark Mills. He's a yeah. very smart guy from Manhattan Institute. And he was saying... If you want all renewables, you are going to have to go and dig up commodities, the likes of which we have never done. And the cost of that will rise exponentially. And also the uh, the irony is the greenies, first of all, they won't let us dig. They won't let us mine. But even if we did mine, the cost of building a new renewable uh, infrastructure for which they have no advanced planning whatsoever, but that cost would be enormous. I mean, ginormous. And, of course, that will be passed along in terms of higher prices and more inflation. In other words, there's no infrastructure alternative, no planning, no nothing out there. It's like a step into the unknown. I mean, so that's that's what we should be talking about. Let me mention one other thing. You know, we had a little item in our our, uh, Prosperity Hotline the other day and it just it came from all places, the New York Times, and they had a 
map yes. of the states today versus what the map, what the map would look like in I think it was 2050 when we have all these windmills and solar panels. And what what it shows, folks, is you would have to just industrialize the entire landscape of America with windmills. I mean. You know, you fly in right now to Palm Beach, uh, I mean, Palm Springs, and it is the most yeah. gorgeous, beautiful mountains. And all you see on the mountains is windmills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so how is this green? Yeah. How are we going to get enough steel and cement and all this other stuff to build all these windmills without conventional fossil fuels? It doesn't make any sense. You know, we got to take a break, but I would just say this. When this subject came up in the Oval, Trump would talk about how the windmills kill the birds. Yeah, and he, it's true. And he, and he didn't true. he didn't understand how the left, you know, which 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 swears a, the Endangered Species Act prevents any building. And these windmills will kill all the birds. And that was his response. Kids, there's a great headline. Newsmax headline. Could CNN be nearing an end of its lean to the left after uh-huh. Zucker exit? All right. This is great. But it's cool. CNN could be nearing the end of its left-leaning tilt as billionaire media mogul and Donald Trump donor John Malone wants the network restored to impartiality after Jeff Zucker's departure, according to the Daily Mail. Malone, the CEO of Liberty Media, significant shareholder in Discovery, whose acquisition of CNN parent company Warner Media is expected to pass regulatory approval in May. He pressed for Zucker to be fired, uh, making it known that corporate procedures had to be followed. So Malone, who was a big Trump guy, is taking over CNN. All right, now he doesn't actually take it over, but he's a major shareholder in Discovery, and he'll have a lot to say about it. So, what do you think, Liz? CNN going to change? They're now going to have to report up through a a a Trump donor. That's like the biggest nightmare CNN will ever face. I think it's unlikely that there's going to be a huge pivot, and here's why. The entire uh, employment of CNN is basically of one political stripe. They have one point of view. You would have to basically fire the entire network staff (laughs) and start all over again. So I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, look, is is it a great idea? Wouldn't it be a great idea just to have one uh, network out there who really is that really is impartial. I just don't. I wonder actually if it can happen in this day and age. I think people are just too uh, too embedded in their own uh, spheres, and I, I don't know that that could happen really. Steve Moore, did you used to do gigs on CNN? <laughs> I did. In fact, uh, <laughs> and Liz is right. I mean, literally, I would be there in the green room. Uh, you know, before I'd go on the show, so literally five left, you know, hardcore leftists and me. I was said to the, the skunk at the garden party, and uh, so it was incredibly. You know, it, was, it it became the anti-Trump network. And by the way, their ratings went went up. You know, I yeah. I, I told my liberal friends, I said, when Trump is gone, your ratings are going to go <laughs> into the sewer, and that's exactly. <laughs> What has happened? So I wonder if they they're hoping that, that Donald Trump makes uh, the comeback to the White House. Um, I'll say this about CNN: I, I think Ted Turner was a genius. Yeah. Uh, he created when was that? Thirty, forty? I don't even remember. A long time. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. You know, one of the great. You know, it was a news network. It was a news network, which is what yeah. America needed, and it wasn't politically. You know, might have. You know. Uh, been a little bit swerved a little bit to the left but it was it was if you wanted to know what was going on in the world you'd turn on cnn and it's now become 
do you, does anybody tune into CNN for the news anymore? I mean, it's not, it's just, it's really, it's heartbreaking that it has gone down so much. And by the way, I got to tell you one quick funny story. When I, I was working at CNN, you know, Donald Trump loves to watch TV, as you know. And so he would watch me and he'd go, he'd get, why did you say this? Why did you say that? As well, if I say only good things about you, Mr. President, you know, <laughs> they're never going to, you know, they're just going to think I'm a, but what was funny is he, he, people don't know this, but do you know who the executive producer was for, um, for his uh, TV show, The uh, the Apprentice? No. Yes. Jeff Zucker. I was just going to say Jeff Zucker. Oh, Jeff Zucker. right, and right. Like, sure, wow. sure, what sure. Really, Absolutely. Really Absolutely. I would go see, when I'd meet with uh, Donald Trump, he'd go, that blankety-blank Jeff Zucker, I made Jeff Zucker. And then mm-hmm. I'd go see Jeff Zucker, and he'd say, that blankety-blank Donald Trump, <laughs> I made Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, CNN started business television. Lou Dobbs. Yes. Lou, yes. Yeah. you know, the old money line. And I was on there a million times in the 80s. Yeah. I was yeah. a CNN Washington correspondent for money line when I left the Reagan administration. I did it for a year or two. Stu Varney and I used to go on at 6.30 a.m., not my best moment, 6.30 a.m. Monday yeah. mornings. I'd Whoa. go on with Stu Varney for about 15 minutes or so. Oh, yeah, I did it for a year, year and a half. And Lou yeah. Lou Dobbs wouldn't pay me, but he sent me a box of cigars every now and then. <laughs> By the way, one other, one other quick thing about CNN that I think is, is a kind of interesting. They spent probably a year and a half, every single night for a year and a half, they talked about nothing else but the Russia collusion story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that was the biggest lie and sham story, maybe in the history of American politics. Did they ever? Did they ever apologize to Donald Trump for that, or no. or take it back? Not at all. Right. Even right. after, right? It's all been proven to be a complete hoax. I don't know. Um, I don't know John Malone well. I have met him. Uh, he's a very strong guy. It's an interesting story uh, mm-hmm. because you're right, Liz. They'd have, they'd have to fire everybody. Uh, which they're not going to do, but they could start, you know, they could start firing some. I mean, they could start at the, some of the more visible ones. I mean, look, uh, they got rid of Chris Cuomo. They yeah. got rid of Chris Cuomo. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some changes. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't well, really at care. Least they, could, they could start to hire a couple of right-leaning hosts right. and at least have right. a diversity of opinion, which yeah. there is not at all of, uh, on. I mean, I think Fox really deserves more credit than it gets for having people on the right yeah. and the left. Right. And we all know who they are. Uh, and some of them are newscasters. But you, there's always some element of which stories you want to present and everything. But I think they do a pretty good job, I, I do, of having opinions across the board. Yeah, no, they do. And it's actually interject something. I do know John Malone. Uh, John Malone was on the board of the Cato Institute, a libertarian and a great guy. I mean, a brilliant, brilliant businessman. Incredible. And uh, he is anti big government. He's a free market guy. Yes. And so he's quite impressive. And, And I think he has it in him to turn around CNN. I mean, he's basically said, hey, let's make it a news, a news network again. Shocking idea. Well, MSNBC is also poisonous. I don't see any changes coming there. Mm. Poisonous, honestly. I used to do, when I was with CNBC, and I'd go on MSNBC, some of their programs, 
and you'd have two anchors and another guest and me, and it would be like three people just yelling at me. That's all they would do. They would yell at me. I mean, I would, I'd be, a lot of times I'd be on the set, and I'd just have to sit there because I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Just Larry, yelling. you can hold your own in those circumstances, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It was just a, so I, I don't want to leave MSNBC out uh, of this uh, conversation. Anyway, kids, you're both fabulous. Liz Peak, welcome back. Steve Moore, as always. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.